This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. special episode of Revolution Church Podcast. Uh, We're doing a a special interview, kind of a meet, a special guest who you might remember (laughs) from a past podcast episode. Meet Reverend Ed Hurd, and I'm also here with Jay. Yes. Hey, Jay, and I'm Caleb, and we're here with Reverend Ed over the internet. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing very well. How are you? Very good. I mean, everything considered, you know? We're in complete lockdown here in Seattle. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit of a lockdown fatigue, if you will. Having two little ones, you just trying to figure out what to do in a small apartment is. Oh, you—that's right. You have two. I—I uh, won't complain then. You know, <laughs> the 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 two-year-old terrorist. I mean, baby over here. Yeah, is, well, it's not uh, a competition. I'm sure that's still. That's yeah, that's still tough too. That. Like at least they've got each other to drive <laughs> each other crazy every now and then. Because I believe yours are what, five and three. Yes. Okay. So still a little more advanced and will do things on their own and not nipping at your heels. Right, right. Two is so. definitely a different different monster. Then you get the th- Oh indeed. Three nagers is what they call the call it. So uh, my, yeah. my daughter is hilarious. Let's just put it that way. She's very funny. <laughs> and she sometimes talks to me like an adult and it's pretty hilarious. Starts to get sassy. Yeah, she's very sassy. And yeah. but it's you know, luckily they're cute. Uh-huh. God knew. Yeah. God knew to make them cute. Yeah. <laughs> and then four, they start to figure out where the limits are because oh. so they've been spending three years doing that. And then once they're four, because well, Milo's for, for got working the, in childcare, Milo's I got know. this thing where he's like tests me now. Oh, really? Like when I count one, two, he's like go to three. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's like they, they know they, they start you calling don't want me bluffs. To go to three. Trust me, it's they, horrible. They start calling bluffs because yeah. when I when I taught a, a three year old class. Um, in, in this pre-K place that I worked, um, I could like be like, I could go to the phone and be like, if you all don't start listening, I'm calling Santa right now. And, I'd be, and I'd, I would mime it out. I'd be like, like I, I, I would phone. dial, I would dial another teacher in the, in the, in the school. And I'd be like, hi, cause it's a trick we would do with each other. Yeah. And I'd be like, hi Santa. And they'd be like, no, 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 no. But then once they're, once they're four, they're like, I don't care. My mom and dad will talk to Santa. Like, right. Like, He's not going to listen to you. We'll call the manager. Yeah, they like they start. Yeah, <laughs> great. <laughs> they start wising up a little bit. To, well, <laughs> to some tricks. Anyway, so so after that detour, all that to say, Ed, um, we we had um, we've heard a little bit about your daughter from the talk that you gave um, in a in a very moving story um, uh, that, that kind of I think the moral of which that I took away was um, how 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 dehumanizing. It can be when someone sees you as disgusting. Well, and when I just someone al- sees you as less than. Also, want to just say, like, I think it was a really powerful sermon. Oh my god, it was for, very powerful, for, especially for the folks at Revolution, because you know I think it's they they needed to hear it, and and they couldn't hear it from me, and they couldn't hear it from you, right? 
And I think only Pastor Ed uh, and a few other folks that we know could have delivered that sermon and that conversation. So I think today we kind of kind of dive a little bit more into that. Yeah. You know, we talked about a lot of the problems. We talked about maybe some of the ideas of what we could do. But, you know, where do we go? Where Mm -hmm. do we go from 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 there? Where do we go from here? Right now, now that things have changed, now that we have. I, hopefully a new president is, in office yeah, post uh, <laughs> Trump. Yeah, we're in a weird. Yeah, this kind of dates this episode. We're we are in a weird area right now. But yeah, so uh, we're, we're early we're, December. You know, um, you know a lot of a lot of states who were saying they were going to defund the police now are hiring more police and refunding them. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of people have gone back on their word. Um. Mm-hmm. Good or bad, like you know, there's there's so many intricate details to what's going on in each city, and each city I think is trying to best meet the needs of their communities. Um, But you know, how do we how do we navigate that? So, so Reverend Ed, Pastor Ed, you know, where where do we go? Where where do we go? Have things? Do you think things are going to get better, or are you afraid? Maybe like. like Brother Cornell West is of of us, of us uh, getting too comfortable at this place and time with the change, or you know, where where do we go from here? I think one of the things that I've been sitting on in my devotional time is a singular verse from Ecclesiastes chapter seven, verse thirteen it says, "Consider the work of God, who can make straight what He has made crooked." Yeah. And so often we think of God will guide your path. God will make the smooth ways, the bumpy path smooth and the crooked way straight. And the fascinating thing about that text is consider the work of God who can make straight what he has made crooked. And there are some spaces, some seasons individually, collectively, institutionally, nationally that God has made crooked. Yeah. And being one who embraces the sovereignty of God as omniscience, perhaps I know that you all are a lot about deconstructing our theology. Perhaps God intentionally made this season in American history crooked. Yeah. No, this this wasn't a fluke. This wasn't happenstance. This season that has been crooked in many spheres and realms, the same God who made it crooked will straighten it out. Well, and it makes me think of the narrow road, you know, that mm-hmm. that a lot of us are being called to be on a narrow road. And, and often people think when I talk about grace and freedom and love, you know, they're like, oh, is that the broad road? I'm like, no, 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 no. All those things require us to, you know, have patience and, and go through suffering and, and be there for one another and working with mm-hmm. one another and yeah. listening well and arguing well. You know, it requires so much. So, you know, it's like these crooked roads are often quite narrow as yeah. well as, as we mm-hmm. try to navigate through that. But how do we navigate through that together as the body of Christ I mean, we have obviously we have different theologies and different ideas of, of things, and but you know, so do me, and you know, and then then you have someone like my father who has like completely different theology and different ideas and thoughts. Um, but I've always been one who's up to the task of how can we work together, how can we make 
a difference? How can we continue to go forward mm-hmm. and, um, and and heal at the same time? I think the biggest thing for a certain segment of Christians in particular is don't spike the football. Yeah. That, in my personal view, not only is God going, is he straightening this path, God, this should show people that God is a God of deliverance. Mm-hmm. And in the same regard, it's easy and convenient and perhaps accurate to speak against certain evangelicals, but don't spike the football. Don't go down to their level. Right. Amen. Because if you go down to their level, those who I believe are on the right side of history, it's going to diminish your credibility as you're trying to give accurate Christology, theology, whatever the case may be, um, a theology of liberation Mm -hmm. in this season. Because, Mm -hmm. well, yes, I have to do it because it's out there. When you hear a particular female evangelist talking about calling angels from Africa oh, I know, yeah. to intercede on behalf of the president, <laughs> that's, um, that makes Christianity look bad. Yeah. It, it, makes, it makes Christianity look bad. I've... I'm going to throw it out there. I find it very ironic that she called out angels from Africa. And my terse, my terse response is, uh, yes, angels from Africa, their ancestors did show up in Philadelphia and Detroit and Milwaukee. But, <laughs> right, right. I, but, I, but I digress. But, you know, the, if you drop somebody off from Mars and they hear that type of venom and vitriol being spewed out, they're going to think, what type of Christianity is this? Is this something I really want? Yeah. So those who are accurate, don't spike the football, but don't be silent either. Right. Well, and you could argue, don't, you could argue with her even on details of saying, well, and angels in the Bible are messengers, you know, and my African American <laughs> brothers and sisters sent us a message, and so the message has been heard loud and clear. You know, right. I mean. You know, honestly, I don't think she's probably the most in-depth theologian in the world, which is sad. And, you know, I was thinking on this the other day is that often I think, you know, it's hard for us to see popular theology as heresy because it kind of goes against the word of heresy because often heresy is something that's not accepted amongst the mainstream. But Mm -hmm. in some way, I think maybe a lot of the mainstream gospel is 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 heresy i mean yeah. it's 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 uh what's the word i'm looking for there's another word uh it starts with the p um but i can't remember what it is right now but you know it it, 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 it it's a type of of type of you know of of heresy that we just accept 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 rather than you know looking deeper into the bible sharing life with the god that suffers the christ that dies on the cross that goes through the you know the abandonment and the mm-hmm. suffering cross we kind of want to gleam over that yeah totally. and so we've created a, another gospel that pretends to be the good news but isn't good news mm-hmm. at all you know and it's unfortunate that it's hard for us to be able to stand up to that because some of those people preaching this other gospel 
have the microphones, have the TV cameras, mm-hmm. have all these things, yeah, and uh, and have a a low grade understanding or yeah. of they're just not educated in theology, mm-hmm. unfortunately. And I think one of the things that we need to do, and I'm guilty of what Caleb has mentioned um, many times, that certain preachers maybe only have four or five sermons that they go to and. The rest they make up on the go. Hey, that's not an accusation. So. That's just no, I'm, I, I'm saying that about myself. I've got three. <laughs> I, I have six. Ah, no, but, um, Amen. <laughs> Let's go for seven. But, but, and, and, You're two away from profit level now, Ed. You know that. <laughs> and, and 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 one of my favorite ones is Moses in Exodus chapter four. Everybody, and Moses is in his infancy in ministry. Um, obviously the easiest and most familiar one to go to is, is the burning bush. But even after that, um, Moses has this fascinating encounter with God and he's raising all these objections and God is giving his resume. Who has made man's mouth? Who makes the mute, the deaf, the seeing, or the blind? Is it not I, the Lord? And Moses' objections, that was sequencing even before God says that, is he's talking about the people of Israel he said, suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice. They will not, they will say, who is God to appear to you? Yeah. And then Moses concludes the, the discourse. He says, oh my Lord, please send someone else. Yeah. That even after God, <clears throat> excuse me, after God has told him, I want you for this, I've equipped you for this. Moses still wants his assignment to go to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And he's still shying away from, not the spotlight, but from the calling. That's number one. Number two, Moses is raising all these objections that the Israelites are going to have. And we have, we have to get to this mindset. You know, so often somebody will come up to you and say, what's wrong? Are you okay? What's wrong with you? How many times has somebody come up to you and say, what's right with you? All right. <laughs> And all Christians are guilty of it. I'm not going to just pull out one segment. Yeah. We are so eager to say, what's wrong? Yeah. What's wrong with society? What's wrong with this? As opposed to saying, what's right? And for the Christian, we have to say, what is right? And that is Jesus crucified and resurrected. Yeah. If, if, if we say what is right as opposed to tearing down, tearing down, not lifting up our God, you know, this con- continuation of tearing down, that is what makes Christianity look bad, whether it be left, right, center. We just have to say, this is what is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is what is right about our black and brown brothers and sisters. This is what is right about our LGBTQI brothers and sisters. This is what is right. And what is right is that they are made by God, made for God. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. Not just this group that dwells therein, all who dwell therein. And if we do that, then I think we can, um, being a football fan, advance the ball down the field. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you see all that, all the, um, 
the current political climate, all the um, tensions and all the, the factioning, how do you see that affecting uh, Christianity and how Christianity is factioned right now? How, do, you, do you think that there's a relation between the, the political um, uh, kind of factions and, and, and negativity and, uh, and othering, I guess, othering that exists and the othering that also exists within the church? Do you see them interplaying, affecting each other? Absolutely. Absolutely. I know that, and I don't know what date it was. Um, it might have been earlier this month that, that um, you all did a podcast and mentioned, might have been right after the election or right before, how you know there still has to be a delineation. It might have been Joanne who asked a question. Okay. Oh, yeah. My memory's coming back to me about separation <laughs> wow. of church and nice. state. Yeah. And I do have to say this, that Amy Coney Barrett did get a raw deal from the standpoint that it might have been Nancy Pelosi or somebody wanted her to leave her faith on the porch. Yeah. But so often we talk about doing theology, doing life in context. Her faith right wrongly it's her context mm-hmm. so she can't put the black robe yeah. on every day mm, right good point and not be a christian right 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 right, right. regardless of regardless of what you think of her leanings yeah and so like personal bias you know is gonna come from any anything you know nature or nurture wise you know well, especially uh, given the what what your what our religion requires of us right as our faith you know i mean it's it's quite a tall order to so i i I think you know getting back to the question i think i'll catch a lot of heat for this um progressives and particularly black clergy need to put their money where their mouth is now yeah okay from the standpoint that again the evangelicals have been doing all this talking for four years no what what is right don't just sit back timidly. Tell us what is right. Mm. You bemoaned and lamented evangelicals doing all this talking. Okay, their man is off the stage. So what are you going to fill that with? Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you affirm? Mm-hmm. You know, are you going to continue to be passive? Or are you going to speak truth to power? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's why I really like Dr. Cornell West, and also uh, strange. I, I I hadn't heard from um, Ice Cube. Yes, Ice Cube, the rapper, for a long time because he had said something positive about Donald Trump or something, and he everybody just kind of got mad at him. So he just, he just disappeared for a little bit. Soft cancel. Yeah, and then he came out with a video yesterday, kind of saying like, "Where do we go from here?" and how we have to work with the leadership and the people in power to make a difference. Right. You know, especially in his own community. And, um, you know, I was really, I was really, you know, just, I was blown away with it, you know, because he, he, he's really doing his best to move outside of these like labels and, and these, 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 these judgments that we put on people for this or that, you know what I mean? He's just saying like, we've got to, work within the process uh, you mm-hmm. know what whoever's in leadership we've got to work with in that context that well, you're given and, and dr king understood that as well and that's why my mm-hmm. heroes have always been been people like dr king yeah. and people who go like you know i'm not going to become the authority but i will work 
with that authority, and I will go in mm-hmm. to change that authority through my influence and right. in saying, this is what is right. This yeah. is what is correct. Mm-hmm. This is the solution to the problem. Right. And the problem is, is we've got a lot of people who it seems like right now on white, black, red, purple, blue, or we're all saying this is the problem, this is the problem, this is the problem, you know. What we need is some voices that are saying this is the solution, you know. So that's why, honestly, I felt like I was getting more out of Ice Cube yesterday. I, I listened to a lot of music, punk rock, hip-hop, whatever. You know, I, I love music. Then I even was getting, that I've gotten from Chuck D recently. You know, I feel like Chuck D's done a great job of pointing out what the problem is, but it was nice to hear someone like cube come out and say all right now it's time to solve the problem mm. you know now it's time to work within the, the system and right. not become uh just too comfortable with the win you know so i don't know I, yeah I, I, mm-hmm. I, you know, i'm I, my punk rock guys are all being really quiet right now so i'm gonna have to listen to all my my hip-hop guys and, and <laughs> for guidance those are my theologians <laughs> one of one of my favorite people um I finally bought the movie, but it's always resonated with me as Malcolm X. Oh, I love that movie changed my life. And I've watched it three times this month. And I encourage anybody, if you haven't seen the opening of Malcolm X. Yes. It is one of the most powerful scenes in, in cinema, period. Thank you, cinema. See, I'm, you're more learned than me. I was going to say movie dumb. I was going to say movie dumb. But, uh, um, it sounds good. <laughs> you know, and it, it's just a powerful scene. But um, there's a scene in it when Elijah Muhammad is saying he's going to introduce him as, as his national minister. And Elijah Muhammad warns him about the cameras being seductive. Yeah. He says, beware of those cameras. They're more seductive than any woman, any narcotic, yada, yada, yada. And that's one of the things I think that has caught a lot of people. They're being seduced by the cameras. And I think for the leaders who I've previously mentioned who need to step up, progressive, black clergy, you can have, you don't need to be in front of a camera to have influence. Correct. You know, there's nothing wrong with going to a Simone Saunders or uh, I'm going to pronounce her name wrong. Jen Pasaki, those females who are beyond capable in the communications department and say, hey, we would like a voice at the table. Now, you're not trying to, again, infringe upon church and state, but you do want to be a voice of influence. Mm-hmm. Now, no matter where you think of Black Lives Matter, the organization and how they're I would say trying to bogart their way into the table. Right. At least they're vocal. Yes. At least they're not sitting by. At least they're giving the efforts. And I think Christians, clergy need to give the effort. I know a lot of preachers, pastors think the only way that they can influence is from the pulpit. But we have to go beyond the pulpit. Now. Oh yeah. I mean, we have to. We have to go. We have to sit in rooms and sit down with people face to face and have conversations. Mm. You know, it's just lip service. You right. know, I mean, it feels great to be on TV and, and to have people pay attention to you. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's got to be hard work. And, 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 and that's the thing is, I think we just, 
you know, when you see films about people, you don't always see the, they don't always, you know, you don't, they don't show the hours and hours that they sat down at tables having conversations. That's why I still feel like I haven't seen a great MLK documentary because I want to see, I mean, a movie where I'm seeing him sit down and have these conversations, these really difficult conversations. It's like the marches were amazing, but you know, but the the people that were yelling these horrible things and forcing these horrible things to happen, he was actually sitting at the table with these folks mm. as they called him horrible things and having conversations mm. and letting these horrific name calling just, I mean, I've seen, I've, I've watched videos. I've gone to King Center. I, I've watched videos on YouTube and he'll just let it slide. He just lets it slide and goes, all right, well, anyway, what we need to talk about mm. is this, this, and this. Wow. And, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, to me, that's the, that's, that is the model. You know, the model just isn't the, I have the dream speech. You know, you've got, you know, it, those would be empty words had he not been sitting at the table even with people like Bull Connor and people like that, where he was literally sitting mm-hmm. saying, this is what we are trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Like there was no question in those, those men heard not just through action, but through words, what was trying to be accomplished, you know? So they couldn't say like, well, it was just, it was pandemonium. Well, why was there pandemonium? You heard why, because they wanted to be recognized as human beings, as equals. You know, they wanted to place not just at the table, but at a lunch counter at mm-hmm. a water fountain just mm-hmm. to vote, you know, mm-hmm. to be, you know, so to me, that's what inspires me to wake up every day and not quit and not shut down mm-hmm. every bit of social media. Yeah. Right. That's and the f- fact that people like pastor Ed associate with us, well, makes me feel like we're doing something. <laughs> like, <you know. laughs> and I might be contradicting myself, but one of the things that just popped into my head is that, um, and, and the way our society works, I don't know how you wouldn't do this behind the camera, but I, I think there needs to be um, a group of clergy to cover President-elect Biden and Madam Vice President-elect Harris in prayer. And I say that from the standpoint, I don't have it in front of me. You, you would be amazed, and you follow social media savvy, how we're praying for President Trump. He's God's man, and so on and so forth. Okay, you're a good Christian. Are you going to pray for President Biden? Yeah. Or are you cherry picking your prayers? Right. For who? Are you only praying for who you want to pray for? Yeah, you're really this praying whole, for your this own whole, team. This whole month, I've prayed for President Trump that God give him grace. That God gives him humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, some would say that's impossible. And of course, the retort of God, all things are possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. But just because I don't like him doesn't mean I don't pray for him. Yeah. And, and that right there sets an example. Mm-hmm. And the, I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it anyways. The competitive part of me says put your money where your mouth is if you're you know, I'm, I'm going to pray for whomever no matter what not because to show you up but because it's what god wants me to do mm-hmm. and they're christians black progressives and some conservatives who need to cover president-elect in prayer 
and go to these evangelicals. Will you join us? Yeah. Amen. You wanted President Trump covered in prayer all this time. Are you praying for the office or are you praying for the man? Yeah. If you so fervently think that bleeding red, white, and blue is more important than the blood of Jesus, what does that say? Yeah. And now this comes a time when we do have to call some people out because I think in doing that, they can see the error of their ways. Yeah. And we're doing it not to say it's not about who is right. It's about what is right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And even your, your, your sentiment of wanting to pray for President Trump, wanting to send you know, goodwill to him, wanting him to have the people and experiences in his life to bring him to new realizations about grace and about love and you know, about, um, about, these, about justice and about these things that it's, it, it seems so obvious to some people that, that he, he seems blind to, but you, have, you having the goodwill and wanting him to have experiences to bring him more grace into his life and to bring him more love into his life is kind of the sentiment of what Christianity boils down to, of what Christ calls us to, uh, to sitting down and having conversations so that change comes about, not to attack the enemy and to other people and to just fully cancel people. And I think that cancel culture is a slippery slope a lot of times because you can end up just completely othering and cutting someone off. You know, what if, if you, let's say, canceled Trump, which um, you could one, one might easily make an argument for doing, <laughs> Um, then you wouldn't be in a place to have goodwill towards him. And you know what? At at the end, that just makes you angrier. That just makes you a more angry person. And and it makes you uh, probably associate other people who might have agreed or aligned themselves with Trump and, and just equate them as that other that you have now built, as that scapegoat that you have now constructed, you know? And I think that that just is a dangerous, vicious cycle. And so I just want to I just want to echo how important that is. I think of 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 raising up, you know, both sides, as it were, not even both sides, but but all, just yeah. period, all. It's just and it too. It's it's sad to me that we you know when people and I understood why people got angry when these pastors came in and they laid hands on on the president because you know most of those people were with the president and so that's why people are upset but i still at the part of me was upset the going to say like how are we going to shame each other for praying for somebody like if donald trump calls me up my phone rings and it's donald trump and he's the president and he's like jay will you pray for me what am i gonna say no no i won't pray for you of course i'll pray for you and the fact that we we shaming ministers for praying for the wrong guy on the wrong side or praying for anyone to me is not and i wish the the liberal church would realize this is like that is heresy that is heresy when you are shaming people for praying for their enemies because christ made it very clear crystal so did apostle paul so did all the other apostles is that you are to pray for those even those who harm you and hurt Mm -hmm. you that you are to pray for god's will in their life right so the fact that we are that we just we go oh look how awful and how horrible they are Mm -hmm. how dare they pray for him now we've just done the same thing in a way that we're accusing them of of like well they're on the wrong side but we're also saying you can't pray for someone and to say that you can't pray for someone misses the mark and i i just think we've just gotten we've allowed anger to control us and to cloud our mind very much like you would talk like 
Yoda would talk about in Star Wars, you know. Uh-huh. And we, we, we've allowed that to cause us to go somewhere else. And I think what we need to do is, is hopefully have clear minds, clear hearts, and allow our motives to be not on party, but on what is right, what is good, and what is going to help the community of all people, not just believers, because I believe believers are here to bless all people. So how do we, how do we better life and help others live life well? Rich, poor, middle class, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Anyway. You know, and then it goes back to what I mentioned in August, the, from the standpoint that you know, b- being so angry, so bitter, you know, anger, bitterness, those are idols. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, and if you're right. wasting so much time, yes, being angry mm-hmm. in that time and that mental time, mental space can be occupied by God, then you know, why why embrace that anger? Why? What's the saying? Have somebody live rent free in your head? Yeah, yeah. That's a common yeah. phrase. Uh-huh. But in the same regard, um, you, you don't know another human being's heart, but those people who were laying their hands on President Trump, how many of those same people will be in the White House 53 days from now <laughs> right. laying, their, laying, laying their hands on President Biden? <laughs> right. I mean, we should definitely also, I mean, definitely ask them, hey, you guys going to go do pray right, there right, too, right, right, you know? Right. You know, and, 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 and what... And what Pastor Jay just said, talked about the, the, the marginalized. And another thing that's just meditating on, and I've got to put in the sermonic form here, is Luke 4, 18 and, and 19. And um, Jesus opens up the scroll from Isaiah and he says, the, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. If, if that is not a clarion call for our time, if that is not um, a, a thesis statement for liberation theology, I don't know what is. Yeah, amen. From the standpoint that we are a country in such great need, obviously, given COVID and was just saw a commercial before I jumped on here. 40,000 homeless vets and I think um, maybe 10 times that number just in general amongst our, our population. But we have to look at it as Christians as feeding and nurturing those who are spiritually being held captive. Yeah. You know, some people look at that verse and say, well, yes, we're supposed to feed the poor and do X, Y, and Z, but it's it's inside out, I believe. It's inside out from the standpoint, if we can show somebody that there is a God who wants to release you from what is from your sin sickness that this is not your destiny then perhaps they will want to get out of the perilous state they're in 
But some would argue, well, it's the system. That's why they're this way. But when it comes to getting out of impoverished states, we need to get people out of the impoverished mindsets, the impoverished souls. Then they will want to get out of tangible poverty as well. And I, I think that's really mm. what, what we need to, to focus on is setting, as the text says, setting at liberty those who are oppressed, thinking that it's not going to get any better than this. Mm. Well, Very well put. Well, as we, you know, as we say goodbye, is what would, what, Reverend, what would you like to, I mean, is there anything you want to leave us with? Is there any, like, practical, just, you know, rubber hits the road right. thing, like, advice you'd give for, you know, especially our listeners, like the land of misfit Christian faith, you know, journey. The ragtag team. You know, I mean, what is, is there any advice that you'd like to just to leave us with today of just like, you know, what's, what's give us something practical, something just rubber hits the road. Or even you know. something to think on a meditation. Yeah. You know, what, 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 would, we, you, what would you send us, send, send our way? As we find a new direction in 2021. I think what, what I opened with is... Don't forget you're on the right side of history. Yeah. And and this is the best time to be alive. And once what well, that definitely makes no sense. It's the best <laughs> time to be alive. It's the best time be, to be alive because you're in it. Yeah. It's the best time to be alive because God still has you here. You know, look back to last week there were what 260,000 empty spots of dining room tables and please don't lament what the system has done what the air quotes system has said about why you're wrong dive in to the bible and see what god has said about why you were right embrace that and let that be your guide, and let that be your compass. Mm. And and don't be and don't be shy or be quiet about it. You know, Black Lives Matters, Black Trans Lives Matters, Pride, and so on and so forth. And this is going to be very controversial to your listeners that we lament identity politics so much. Yeah. Single issue voters, well, you know, conservatives can only be. Republicans because they're pro-life. Don't be a single-issue Christian either. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Or yep, a single-issue yep, yep. person mm-hmm. from the standpoint that, you know, God loves all of you. Gay, straight, black, white, brown. God loves everything about you. It says love your neighbor as you love yourself. Love yourself. If you don't love yourself, yeah. how can you love your neighbor? Amen. True. Amen. So, so, so do that. And I think, mm-hmm. um, don't be silent. Don't be timid. Mm-hmm. Says the Lord has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but of love, power, mm-hmm. and of a sound mind. So be be vocal about whom God has intended you to be. Uh, amen. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> that's great. That's that's wonderful. And I think if you love yourself, you will love your neighbor. Yeah. I think that's the equation for it, really. Amen. Yeah. Well, thank you, great, Pastor Ed. Pastor Ed, as once again blowing our minds <laughs> and bringing a. Uh, I don't know. I feel like a just like a 
await to Revolution Church, and uh, a, a part of the church that we need to hear is doing incredible stuff, because I think we often, you know, associate this type of heavy language and conversation, you know, like, oh, well, that's the other church. You know, this is the church, and that we are a part right. of that church. Exactly. The Amen. church universal. Yes. The Amen. body. The capital B body. <laughs> It's so I love cross pollination like this, um, and also just will encourage our listeners to check out uh, your wonderful, ch- wonderful church up there in Philadelphia, Mount Ararat. Uh, been around for I believe 123 years. Not the not the Mount Ararat in Philly, the Mount Ararat in Pittsburgh. I'm sorry, okay. Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. Forgive Pittsburgh, me. Pittsburgh, home, home of the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers. Forgive that was probably that was probably a very sensitive uh, uh, mistake I ju- I just made. I, how I misspoke there. I don't. I didn't mean to uh, mislabel you. <laughs> no, no, wonderful, wonderful people from Philly. Wonderful people. Uh, Okie dokie. Well, it's always really wonderful. It's an honor to connect with you, and always a pleasure, Ed. Thank I you appreciate for your time. you guys greatly. Um, have a wonderful, safe Christmas. You too, yeah. Um, and just, just enjoy everything. I've been praying for you all as you all get situated oh, thank during you. the Thanks. move. I know uh, it was a long drive. I know that <laughs> in a wild you know, time again, to move. And, and yes, yes, Jay. Real quick, I heard that you rented the wrong truck, and oh, I did. it was a, a big cluster. Yes, but, it was. But God got you guys there safely. I know that Seattle's going to be blessed with with all that you bring to the table and bring to the kingdom. So oh. God be praised for all of your work. Thank you, my Thank friend. Thank you so much. Thank you. So stay safe, stay out of trouble, and be blessed and be a blessing. We'll prayerfully talk sooner rather than later. Take Amen. care, gentlemen. You too. All right, same to you. Bye-bye. See you. Okay. But Thank you. Bye-bye. like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. Christian podcast.